Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. This is going to be our Christmassy episode because we're going to take a break next week because literally next Tuesday is Christmas. Yup, and we're not going to work then. (laughs) We've got stuff to do, food to cook, presents to open. Exactly, and so do all of you, hopefully. Whenever you celebrate, we hope you have good and happy holidays. Yeah, don't listen to us. (laughs) Catch up on our old episodes. Yeah, or do do that. Do that if you're bored. But it's kind of fitting that these next two Emma Approved episodes we're covering are literally the holiday party and the aftermath of the holiday party, which is really fun. I feel like we need to have a moment of truth where like Yolanda and I were watching these episodes just to like refresh our memories. And I forgot how gut-wrenching both of these episodes Oof. are. I, like a spear is There's still in my so heart. There's many layers that are happening. It's so great. Things we've been dancing around are coming to a head oh, and yeah. I've, we've just been hit by a truck. Exactly. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about the books that we've been reading lately. So what have you been reading, Jillian? Well, so HBO has adapted a very popular book series called My Brilliant Friend. Well, technically... My Brilliant Friend is the first book of four that's referred to as the Neapolitan novels. Oh. But it's all considered one book. It's just physically published in four volumes. Interesting. Yes. And so it's uh, basically about these two Italian these two Italian girls just like growing up essentially in the slums of Naples in like hmm. post-World War II Europe. Okay. In, uh, it's just like a very sweeping sort of coming of age. Like in a way it kind of reminds me of, and so I, I'm my friend lent me the book and I started reading that as well. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of To Kill a Mockingbird in terms okay. of like an adult telling a child's story, ah. but it's like very much like you kind of like see it how like you see a kid see the world for the first time. And then you see for the first time when they realize, oh, I can't believe this is how we've been living or, oh, I can't believe this is how other people like sort of mm. like coming into your own and figuring out what it is. Okay. It's about these two girls who are like the smartest in their class and they're like, like brilliant (laughs) and um they're just they're competitive and they're close and they're just everything and all the people in their in their small town and it's just very very fascinating and very violent too if you're watching the Ah. uh, if you're watching the uh adaptation on hbo just be warned that part part of what's sort of so striking about this is just a lot of violence and like everyone is just very dirt poor and mm. at each other's throats at all times. Oh wow. And it's very interesting. <laughs> I mean it's not I'm not watching it like, wow, this is like such a happy show. Right. It's not like a happy show. It's just it's sort of compelling in watching how they make everything seem so natural. What are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading, uh, actually I'm part of a book club at work and we had uh, read this book last month called All You Can Ever Know by Nicole Chung, which is a memoir. Uh, Nicole Chung was the former managing editor of The Toast, RIP, for a (laughs) while now. Um, But uh, this is basically her own story, her own story of being an adopted child, being Asian and being adopted by two white parents and growing up in a very white community and what that was like. So it's a very honest and just 
she really dives into it in a really interesting way because it's it's a pretty easy read i would say like it's a really fascinating read a lot of times the default for white couples is that they're like well we're not going to see race we're not going to acknowledge it but that can be more damaging for the child in not learning about their culture and then kind of one day being hit with their culture being like oh this was what i was missing out on in many mm. ways so it can stir up a lot of questions and about adoption and about you know what does it mean what does family mean i'm glad that book exists because i think that there's like a lot that goes into it and there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who adopt it's a very honest for her honest like reflection of what her adoption was like and growing Mm -hmm. up and and what it's been like since then and like her journey of trying to find her family and Mm -hmm. different things like that so it's a really great read highly recommend it it's been getting a lot of great reviews it was released um this year so Mm -hmm. check it out enough on those sort of like happy sad notes (laughs) (laughs) we'll be honest this is not going to be a really happy episode because as we can like what we've been talking about nonstop for the last few episodes is we're like Emma, you idiot. Elton loves you. He doesn't care about Harriet. He's just using Harriet as a tool to get to you and you don't even know it. And it's just been a lot of dancing and a lot of sidestepping and it comes to a head in yeah. both of these episodes and it's brutal. Yeah. This is really what Emma has been working toward. I mean, from the beginning when she decided to match up Elton and Harriet, she was like, by Christmas, these two are going to be a couple. Guaranteed. And we are at the major event, that holiday party, which she has been working toward for a whole month. TikTok. And it really is the moment where, like, I don't know, maybe she imagined Elton would confess his love for Harriet and Harriet would be would reciprocate and they'd be happy together, but as we'll see. That does not happen. So let's start with episode 23, Moment of Triumph, written by Kate Rorick. So when last we left off, uh, Harriet was like sneezing and Emma was like, don't get sick or I'll kill you. (laughs) And so she did get sick and she she stayed home. She has the flu. So Emma's new strategy is, all right, so since she's not, since they're not going to use this party as like a social opportunity to come together, we're going to run the whole absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so... Elton is supposed to be a mess because he came down here for Harriet and she's not there. Yeah. He's devastated. Again, taxpayer dollars going toward this matchmaking thing. Just saying. <laughs> he flew down for a, a day, really, one night for this holiday party. Uh, you know, a very busy senator can make time in his schedule for this. Not doing his job. It's fine. I <laughs> it's don't, fine. We who don't knows, care. Who knows what the state of California is going through in this fictional world. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's left sort of gobsmacked when he's not that sad. Yeah, I mean, just to set the scene, we're at this great holiday party. They've pulled all these small companies together, and I'm sure it's a, a very Emma holiday party. So well, if it was just great Emma- guests, great drinks, great food, and all this great company that like everyone is, I'm sure, having a great time at. So Emma has set the scene for what should be like this perfect romantic reunion between Harriet and Elton, but... That's not what's going to happen. To no avail. So Annie and Ryan come in. Yeah, we haven't seen the married couple IRL. We've never, we've never met Ryan before. We haven't. We kind of saw him, I think, through a video. We saw a picture of him. Yeah, it's just a picture, right? Yeah. yeah. So we see him IRL. He's adorable. They're adorable together. They're uh, Annie's fictionally the best and like best looking couple. <laughs> like, like They're like matchy, but not too matchy. Yeah. And like... 
Annie is just her dress and she's got like the best pair of legs. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hope he knows how lucky he is. I know. They're so adorable. They're very clearly in still the honeymoon phase oh, yeah. of their marriage. They're still very like flirty and playful with each other. They're like, but they're so cute. I, <laughs> I love you. No, I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. And so Emma's like panicking to Ann or Annie. Oh no, Harriet's not here and my plan, my plan. And <laughs> Annie's like, what plan? What's going on? Because of course Emma's whole like orchestrated plan is in her head and like no one else knows about it sometimes when she gets stressed i think she starts to verbalize those things and everyone's like what's going on i think ryan says it best when later in the episode when they're doing the photos yeah. he says alex said you wouldn't make sense sometimes <laughs> and i'm like aha alex knows this about her yeah. and he has accepted her faults anyways enter elton Ugh. You pointed out something I didn't see in sort of the two couples interaction. And yes. they're like, hey, because like Senator Elton. Like- he brings in a press. He brings in two technically quotes presents. One very nicely wrapped box and one like envelope that he kind of had in his belt or something. With like a ribbon where he's yeah. like, I found this on the ground <laughs> yeah. and thought Harriet might want it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, so it's. it's- Probably like one of those generic holiday cards, and it's literally just like Harriet at the top, and then signed Senator, and like that's it. That's the envelope. That's He's the like, card. you seem cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love Elton, and it's interesting because Ryan is technically the party that introduced Emma and Elton, and so that's true. He's like, hey, buddy, old pal. They like, I don't know. Yeah, they are buds. I they guess they have a whole thing. He meets Annie officially for the yeah. first time, which I guess the senator wasn't at the wedding. If they're such buds. Guess not. Not. I guess not that close. Guys are weird. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. And then Elton like puts his arm around Emma. He like rests his hand on her hip. Like they're like they're a couple. And she like squirms away from him. (laughs) She just like kind of steps away from it and is like, I'm going to ignore that because that doesn't make sense at all. That's not appropriate. Harriet's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Harriet Smith. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, that was, that was a subtle moment. I didn't even see. And you're like, you didn't see it. And you're like, rewound it. And I was like, oh my gosh. You missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Blink and you'll miss it, but it's there. Yeah. I mean, Emma wants to, like, break the news to Elton. like So she, like, shoes away the Westons. They're gone, and she closes the door. Because she, she's like, this, alone. Is, this is serious news. It's like she's about, to, about be- to break down crying, and no one can see this. She's no act- one can see a senator break down crying. She's acting like she's about to tell Elton that, like, Harriet, Harriet has a, a horrible disease. <laughs> <laughs> like, she won't recover. You've probably seen her for the last time. What I love is, like, yeah, his reaction to, like, Harriet's sick. She's not here. It's just like, I have terrible news. Harriet has the flu. Oh, no. I'm afraid it's true. She won't be able to join us this evening. I've never heard a more insincere reaction. Because yeah. he's it's... like, oh, I know that's the right act. I'm like, good. I'm glad she's not here. Yeah. She's like a little puppy that keeps trying to like nip at your ankles. Right. Like, that's how he sees her. I, Isn't that's that why I feel like if Emma had come out with any other news of like, Harriet has a disease. Harriet died. Harriet has like, is like in a horrible car crash. She'd be like, Oh no! I'm like that's the same reaction. He's just very like, oh no, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> are you okay with the fact that Harriet's not okay? Because if you're okay, I'm good. Yeah, I think that's what he should have said instead. Like, yeah. oh no, are you okay? Like, it's so oh, funny. That would have been funny. Oh, that would have. It is funny because like he said that, and I was like, I hate his guts. Yeah. Like in in the best way because it's very poignant. 
he does center it back around to Emma. She's like, well, she'd love this soup. And he's like, sounds cool, I guess. But like, we're here. And like, Harriet would want us to enjoy this party that you set up. Yeah. And he's trying to push that on Emma. Of like, well, I know what's best for Harriet. But not really. He's all he's out looking for himself and he for knows Emma. What, he knows what's best for Elton. <laughs> he knows what's best for Elton, which is to forget Harriet even exists. Yep. And just focus on him. And Emma, and that's it. Just this night. <laughs> so funny. He's like, if I were Harriet, I'd want to, or if she's anything like me, she'd want to be completely left alone. Yeah. And I feel like he implied like, and I'd never want anyone to call me uh, during this time <laughs> while the senator is here. I would think that would be devastating. Yeah. And then he goes into, I'd love to meet your father. Ugh. I gasped out loud when I heard that because who are you trying to meet your crushes? father also okay. the fact that he knew he'd be there mm-hmm. or maybe he already saw him the well-connected like, man he doesn't want to just go up to mr woodhouse and introduce himself he wants to be introduced through his daughter who he is very interested in and then be introduced that way he wants like that direct connection i feel like if he were a real man who were really interested in emma he would just go up to him and be like excuse me sir hi i'm senator elton and i'm like I mean, you know, it's not like he has to say, I'm interested in your daughter, but I feel like... Right, but he's very being very strategic about yeah. how he's going about it. Also, I would have loved to see Mr. Woodhouse on camera. I, I would have loved to see the father-daughter relationship on camera. I want to see Mr. Woodhouse. Because they're so, like, close and they have such a great relationship together. It would yeah. have been nice to see them. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We get more drama to come. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into the sort of photo shoot area yeah which is a fun like getaway i guess from that straight to vlog camera uh type setup we get more adorableness <sighs> from the westons so who are just like <laughs> cute it's like they're, they're scene so stealers they really are they really yeah they're so adorable emma kind of jumps in and is like annie text me because harriet's like dead basically <laughs> <laughs> her phone is dead therefore she is dead yeah. and the idea is if elton were just into harriet he wouldn't need any prodding to be upset that exactly. she's not there. So because he's not upset about it, she's still trying to orchestrate devastation in his mind that's yeah. just not there because he doesn't care. No, she keeps trying to like get them on the right track, but like she's putting in so much work to do that that she doesn't realize that they're not good for each other. They're not, they're not, he's not interested in her. Yeah. And you and can't change that. You can't change that. Cannot control it. But she keeps trying to change that. Yeah. She's kind of gone back into her office is like waiting for this moment that she perfectly orchestrates in her head but Knightley comes in and is like what's going on with you because you have this great party outside and you're in your office i like how perceptive he is about her feelings yeah (laughs) he knows what's going on he's like you've got to watch with a with your phone and you've got a phone phone and you're yeah. not waiting for a call and she's like i'm waiting for elton to storm in here and like demand what's wrong with harriet well, right. it's a little suspicious i think from elton's perspective a little suspicious because emma says i'm gonna go get something for harriet yeah. in her office he goes in and he finds nightly another man oh my goodness <laughs> oh we missed one other thing that annie said to aunt uh to emma when they were in the photographing area she's like he needs to be devastated about harriet and oh, she's right. like i can clearly see that like harriet's not who he's interested in he's interested in you yeah and he picked that up in like two seconds 
That's all it took. It was yeah. just like another woman being like, oh, it, you know he doesn't like Harriet, right? Like, yeah. He doesn't care if she lives or dies. He wants you. Emma didn't register that fact in that moment. She's mm-hmm. just still on her like path to like getting mm-hmm. them together. But then, yeah, Elton comes in. And then I will say, Emmy for Brent Bailey for like the expressions on <gasps> oh his face God. as he basically like watches the two playing tennis. He's like squished between them. And he's like, just Elton goes overboard. I must insist that you not go over to Harriet's. And you should get vaccinated. This whole office should. I can pull some strings and get a visiting nurse down here. You know what, James? You're absolutely right. I'll take care of it. He's like, okay, Senator Bot must show he cares. Yeah. And so, like, she's just like, I'm worried about Harriet. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm worried about you. You know how worried I am? I think this whole office should be vaccinated. And I'm going to call a nurse <laughs> right now. Shut it all Shut down. Shut it all down, everyone. Get Quarantine. the flu shot. <laughs> it's... All in an effort to show Emma that he's, like, concerned about her health. He might as well have been like, you should fire Harriet. Because, like... For getting sick. (laughs) She's a danger to you. I know. It was a weird thing for him to be like, you know, Harriet's been sick for, what, like, two days? And you're, like, that obsessed with her? Like, calm down. And, like, she cares about Harriet. Yeah, I think she's being a little overboard with how much she cares about how sick she is. With the fact that she's trying to push some of that onto Senator Elton. She's like, look, she's so sick. She really needs soup. She doesn't have medicine. And he's like, she can do that on her own. Like, she's a grown woman, too. Like, she doesn't need me to go buy her, like... (laughs) cough medicine at CVS and just bring it to her. It's funny. No one's actually concerned about Harriet's health, okay? Emma's, like, concerned about Harriet's about-to-be-broken heart because she's like, you're supposed to be together, and so she's just sort of using the sickness as a tool to get him to want to care about her. Yeah, because she's dug herself a bit into a hole because she's, like, really sold Harriet on this, like, love story. Harriet's fully bought into it. Yeah. And now she needs to get the senator to that point, and she's realizing very quickly oh man, the senator is not at that point. What if, I, I gotta fix this. So she's trying to piece it all together while it's falling apart. So I think this is a really good transition into the next episode, episode 24, Vente On, written by Margaret Dunlap. Hi, Margaret. So really quick thing about the title that we were talking about. Yes. So <laughs> I took five years of French. This is the only area where I'm useful <laughs> yeah. in language. It's interesting because it's episode 24, but 21 means 21 in yes. French. And I was like, what's up with that? And yeah. you found someone who may have found something. Yeah, there was a perceptive comment, who's, um, Barbara, who said, it also means 20 and 1 in French. So interpreting that as it's 20 successes and 1 failure. This... Which I don't think there was any, like, official word that this is it, but I think that's a really great interpretation of what this could mean. It is, because... So 21, like, what does that even mean? Like, blackjack? This episode broke me in half. Like, (laughs) you and I were just watching this. There's This is a really underrated episode, because there's so many great lines, so... and. A lot of truth just gets oh, slung like mud. Yes. It's so intense. It is. I mean, basically it starts with like the morning after, I guess, yeah. the, the the holiday party. Emma is very stressed. She's organizing. She likes to organize when she's stressed. She's in a hoodie. I've yeah. literally never seen it. This like, is 
the most casual we've ever seen Emma. This leads me to believe it's like a Saturday. Like, or like it's the weekend. I think so. It might be a Sunday. Like she does anything. If like the holiday party was on a Saturday or yeah. if it was on a Friday, then it is the weekend. Essentially, she doesn't need to be at work. Yeah. But, but then, she needs to be at work. But Nightly comes in later and he's dressed. That's true. So she's just that depressed. That I think she's, she's just sad. Hoodie. I think yeah. she's just sad. I don't think it's a weekend. I think it's just. She's just organizing. Yeah. And she basically does gives this whole monologue to the camera of like last night did not go as planned so I'm just gonna like hit this nail on the head and yep. she calls the senator and he's like I'm in the neighborhood before my flight I could just stop by yeah. and I'm like he was like circling around in his, his car l- just like literally waiting. parked downstairs yeah and he's or, like let me wait 10 minutes and that's appropriate yeah or like when he says uh you know I have time before my flight he probably like changed his flight yep. to like later in the day <laughs> And was like, we're going to spend lots of time together. This is great. This is like the moment. He's like, last night, disaster. But now she's calling me before my flight. This is it. It's meant to be. Yeah. Ooh, and that, so then he comes in and she po- asks him point blank. I think I missed a briefing somewhere. Why are you so worried about what I think about Harriet's health? Because you're supposed to be in love. With Harriet? Yes. Who else would you be in love with? You. That... New information to the both of them is very confusing because this entire time, Elton has thought that he and Emma have started to form this great relationship and Emma has has been thinking that she's orchestrated this brilliant romantic relationship between Elton and Harriet and both things are not true and they cannot happen at the same time. They're both like these trains that have been on different tracks and they've been missing each other and now they're crashing. Yes. Because... That erupts into basically a disagreement where Emma cites all the reasons why she thought he was interested in her, like Icelandic yogurt and the Book of Mormon Mormon tickets, tickets. which are all things that Emma basically told Elton to do. So when he when she was like, oh, Harriet loves Book of Mormon, but we couldn't get tickets. And he's like, oh, you want tickets for Harriet? I can do that for you, Emma. And then when he brought her Icelandic yogurt, it was like, oh, yeah, I brought you flowers. Oh, like, those are clearly romantic. And Icelandic yogurt was in my fridge. Like, (laughs) He didn't say it, but we know it to be true. we know it to be true. (laughs) And so then they're both kind of silent for a second. And then he takes Emma's hands in his. And he's just (sighs) like, my career is about to take off. And you would soar with me. Emma, you're brilliant. Beautiful. And you would eat muckrakers and opportunists for breakfast. Not to mention my father is incredibly wealthy and socially connected. I won't lie, it doesn't hurt the package. Everything he's saying is true. Like, yeah. The other thing he says is, I think we'd soar together. Yeah, that was the line that got me, where I was like, no. Because Emma is already soaring on her own. Yeah, she is. She has her own company. She has built it up to this place. And she's doing so well for herself. She doesn't need the senator to, like, level up in life. She's doing great in life. He needs her. He would yeah, be oh, yeah. He would be dating up in such a big way. I mean, he starts to really reveal himself and his true intentions through this. Because he's like, yeah, you as a package deal and me as a package deal, we go great together. We look great together. And yeah, doesn't hurt that your dad has major connections, but like, that's just part of it. He doesn't see it as like, I love you because you're this great person and all these great things. He's like, no, he's looking for that perfect partner who's going to look great next to him. She checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, she does. And that's what I really, I'm glad that, well, first of all, Emma's just flat out not interested in him. Oh, yeah. But I think that anyone can see that he's not saying, he like, he's not listing personal qualities. No. And like... Things that they, like, 
really genuine things that they have in common and like that's why he wants to fight for her you know he is list he is checking all the boxes that are on the emma list and he is saying these qualities make you uh compatible with my qualities and that's why we should be together i mean i think in a a different world yeah i think they would look they would be a great couple yeah it would completely make sense they were both wearing black at the christmas party they were matching (laughs) they didn't coordinate that but like she was shimmery so it wasn't like too matchy yeah and then he burns harriet because she was like what about harriet and he's like harriet's great would be a great partner if i were running for student council not for congress i wanted to backhand him when he said that because that was (laughs) rude such an insult i know she's young but still at that point and especially when she brings up the celery soda that's when Elton is like suddenly sees Emma and he's like, wait, what are you doing here? Because you've been basing our, I guess, this pretend romantic relationship on celery soda, on Book of Mormon tickets, on like basically things that don't mean anything. Like money is nothing. Like you can just buy anything for anyone. But like I'm flying down here spending time with you and you're not seeing that? Convince me that Harriet Smith is my perfect woman. You clearly do not want to be convinced. And you clearly know nothing about matchmaking. I think it's also coming from a place of anger. Because oh, yeah. She's, like, maybe she's in- rejecting. Like, he's basically saying, I think we're perfect. And she's like, I hate your gut. Yeah. So he's been brutally rejected. Well, I mean, the, the, I guess, main excuse that Emma comes up with is like, I'm your coach. You're my client. Like, mm-hmm. that's a sacred line that cannot be crossed and she doesn't want to cross it it's like it's also the fact that we've had no hints that emma in any way is any little bit romantically interested in senator elton not at all so the fact that he's kind of picking up on this too he's like insulted he's like i'm a good catch he's like i'm a total yeah like he's used to having a girlfriend he's like he's like never been single in his life he's like probably not used to rejection exactly he's not used to rejection this is like someone he was investing a lot of time and money into like spending time with and so yeah for him it's like okay i'm just gonna insult you now at this point yeah and that's what they tend to do (laughs) (laughs) like if they were in third grade he would just pull her hair and run away right but instead he says things like i have doubts in your matchmaking skills i think you don't know what you're doing and you're fired. Oof. She had this great line of, You didn't strike me as a quitter, Senator. I guess I was wrong. I'm not quitting. You're fired. She's been fired by somebody who didn't deserve her. Which right. is like, oh. I mean. Soul crippling. <laughs> it is a thing where Emma was a little bit blinded by her own ambitions to get Harriet and Elton together. Where maybe, yeah, Harriet wasn't the best match for Elton. Like they weren't going to be this power couple that she envisioned in her mind because she was imi- she was imagining mini Emma and not quite fully formed Emma quite yeah. yet yeah. to be with Elton. She got blinded by that and she tried to push this match on him that wasn't the right one for him, which is, mm-hmm. you know, something that Emma should have learned from earlier in listening to Nightly and being like, what are you trying to do? You're messing with your employee right now. Yeah, yeah Emma tries to kind of throw it back at him. Like, I didn't think you'd be a quitter. But then that firing line just like shuts it all down. It's the because it's the truth, you yeah. know, like she's like, I didn't like beg you to be my client. You asked for my services. But like she orchestrated that, you know, she it's got funny the that she's. It's I know. funny that she said that because I'm like, actually, you kind but of like you kind of convinced him to do that. You used trickery, yeah. so now it's like really disappointing because she sought him out. She did a bad job, 
and she got fired. Yeah. Like, when you lay the, like, if you lay it out, that is what happened. Yeah. Emma, she, she was off. She missed the mark yeah. in a really huge way. Everything was going perfect, really. I, I mean, mean, no, it I hasn't mean, been going this, perfectly this, at the all. The steps in her mind were going perfectly. In her mind. Yeah. Everything was hitting the exact beats it should have been. They meet. They have their meet cute. They bond. They, you know, he's tweeting about her. He's, like, bringing her gifts. He's doing all the right things in her mind. But she missed the giant fact that he was in love with her and not Harriet. I mean, I think what's especially devastating is I feel like she feels like she can't trust her own instincts. Like, she's always relied on her gut. Yeah. And that's it to conduct her business. And it's worked. 20 times. Yeah. It has done her good. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, it's not working. No. And it's like, how can she trust herself? How can she exist? And then, so he storms out. Good riddance. Hope we never see him again, even though we know we will we eventually will. see him. <laughs> but then Alex comes in and she's... <laughs> yeah, he has no idea what's going on. He's ignorant like, puppy. <laughs> ah, Maddie Bates got me to close her books. You know how it is, Emma, right? And he's like, wait a second. <laughs> and she will, but she's like fighting tears. And so she's like turning away from him so that he doesn't see her yeah. crying. And he's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. My nightly senses are tingling. And then, like, he's like, what's wrong? Like, he's so concerned. And she's like, I failed. And she did. Yeah. But then he doesn't say, I told you so. No. He just, like, he just gives her a big hug. Yeah, she just leans into him and he just, like, hugs her. takes her in his arms. He did pick up on the fact that she was stressed because she was organizing. Yeah. So I also they love know that each he knew other that. so well. They know, I know each other so well. And he just, like, he knows that. He, yeah, he knows that if she's really feeling this bad. Like he's not gonna be like I told you this mm-hmm. whole uh, this whole Harriet and I an uh, Elton thing was never gonna work out. It's not the moment. <laughs> but I feel like it's a really good demonstration because like obviously we know in the end they're gonna get together. Right. But I feel like this is a really good demonstration of that because like she just failed so hard. Like what if what if she was with Elton and she had failed really hard? Like would he have just kind of held her like that and just tried to make it better, or would he have done that? Ro- like because it's kind of like what he I was mean, doing with the Harriet sick thing where he's like oh. If someone is sick, we will get the nurse in here. We will vaccinate it. Like, that's not what she wants. We kind of see what happened when she fails in front of Elton. He just, like, lashes out. Yeah. And he leaves. Alex doesn't do that. Alex cares about her. her. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because he's a good guy. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I'm sad, but. Yeah, and the interesting thing about when this episode was, was released was that it's kind of before Christmas or during Christmas. And then the show took a break until February. <gasps> That's so cruel. So, yeah, people <laughs> had to wait until February for the next episode. I forgot about that. Is, oh, man. I mean, it's very, it's, I'm sure it was a production thing, but also it's like, yo, Emma had to take a break for a while. Until Actually, like, that's, that's a great point. Because, yeah. like, it's not like she'd be like, I mean, because the whole point is it documents her clients. Yeah. And her client just fired her, so she doesn't have anyone. So she's sad. Well, I'm devastated. (laughs) I know. I know. We're kind of ending on a sad note, but... At least we're not going to take off until February. (laughs) (laughs) We're just taking a week off. Don't worry. Um, But let's go into the comments now. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired, starting with episode 23. Gabby says, As much as I like Senator Elton because he's a good guy, I hate how he's really creeping on Emma. Yes. But on the other hand, Emma accidentally led him on with writing the song and whatnot. Mm. But then it was really meant as a push for Harry and Elton. And uh, it's all just a huge snowball of misconceptions. 
Very true. I have one comment about this where she's like, I like him because he's a good guy. I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's, what did he say? He's professionally nice to people. He's professionally nice to people. I think that's what he's good at. He knows how to be like just the standard nice guy to like everyone he meets and that's who he is. But But that doesn't make him a good guy because he doesn't really care because there's like an agenda at the end of every nice thing he does. Nerd girls for the win. I really love that. Uh, says, love the photo booth as a way of showing us the party. So delicious with Knightley sitting in between Emma and Elton. Made me so happy to have him literally coming between them. Yeah. <laughs> That's very poignant. Unique Angel says, go away, Senator Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget says, in all caps, does Emma not see that two amazingly beautiful men have the thirst for her so badly? Oh, that's... Literally. Poetry. She's, uh, yeah. Those two dudes are lusting after her. She's there, and then it's Knightley and Elton, and they're both just, like, in love with her, but she has no idea. In Alex's defense, he also doesn't know he's in love with her yet. Like, he he is, but he doesn't know it yet. Episode 24. Anchors and Book says, Elton is much more likable in this series than in the book, and his actions slash reactions are much more realistic. Him getting mad at Emma makes sense because from his point of view, Emma was truly leading him on. Yeah. Also in the book, like, I never thought, like, I thought that the sort of Elton being interested in Emma seemed really unrealistic to me. I'd be like, Mm. oh, doesn't he know that they're not the same thing? Right. And in this series, I think they're... They're very much. A, they look like a good they, match yeah, like, on, on like surface level. I, I know why he was thinking what he was thinking. Yep. The Buds O says, great acting by the actors who play Emma and Elton. It seemed really realistic. And Knightley was so sweet at the end that he understood that Emma didn't need to be pestered with questions, but needed someone to hold her. So cute. <laughs> very much agreed. <laughs> Jacqueline says, oh, don't mind me. Just sitting here, quietly mopping up my feels that imploded, then exploded all over the place. That's pretty much what happened over here. That's exactly what happened. I'll just be scrubbing bits of my heart off the wall. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Well, hopefully it gets better next week. I think so. It's an interesting thing because, you know, we had that kind of Weston arc that we finished, and this feels like the end to the Elton arc, really. Yeah, and it this is. is kind of now a major break in the show. Well, he fired her, so. Yeah, it's a clear, <laughs> very clear break. Yep. I mean, the first break with the Westons was like, the wedding. Great, yeah. it happened. And now it's like, she got fired. Fired. I mean, it's kind of a sad note to end on. It's really sad. I'm just, I wish we'd been reading happier books. <laughs> I know. I guess if you want to watch something happier at this point, um, Christmassy season, you can watch The Princess Switch. Great. <laughs> do that <laughs> or watch pride and prejudice and mistletoe that's more on theme with this podcast or just watch pride and prejudice exactly different options so we'll take a break for next week and then we'll be back in the new year Woo! this episode has been pemberley podcast approved, approved.